0: In the Lab, a Texans podcast that takes a different look at things. Drew Doherty and John Harris have their lab coats and goggles on and the Bunsen burners burning. Here's
1: Drew. Training camp is upon us. Training camp eve is upon us. This is Texans in the Lab. I'm Drew Doherty. John Harris here. What training camp is this for you? Because I'm thinking I I started 09 season, so I really wasn't at the end of training camp, and I'm not going to count that one, Mm -hmm. so... 10 was my first one. Every once since 10 I've been at. Mm-hmm. About, what about you? 07 was my first. Yeah. You know my. you,
0: like, waited out, Pendergast, a <laughs> yeah. lot. Oh, or... man, I'm glad you reminded me. I got to get How that. I, I got to post that story somewhere. <laughs> um, yeah. For those people that, that don't know this story, Sean and I, Sean Pendergast, Sports Radio 610, and I, we used to do a show together. And so we had been on the air. Man, were we even on the air at that point? No, we weren't even on the air. At that point, but we knew that we were going to be right uh, shortly thereafter, and so we didn't know the whole protocol. All like so, long story short, we got to, this, to the to the the teal lot really really early, like six forty five in the morning, early for a nine o'clock practice. So we decided instead of just all right, we're here, just all right, let's nap or get on the phone or whatever. We just decided to you know kind of hang out there. Also, this truck pulled alongside me, and I kind of startles me. I look up, and I'm like, Sean? And this guy knocks on my window, and I'm like, what? And he's going like this, like, roll your window down, roll your window down. I'm like, I don't know that I want to do this. You roll the window down. I look over there, and the guy's like, hey, you guys here to build a goalpost?
1: What? To build goal, goalposts?
0: posts. <laughs> These are the guys, apparently, that were installing the goalposts on the practice fields. And I looked and said, nope, not building any goalposts today, pal. <laughs> and so eventually, a couple hours later, practice did start. We were the first ones in. And uh, ever since, I've been shown to practice really, really early. But uh, Sean always loves when I share that story. So that was 07. So I did 07, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. So 7 before I got into the building. And then it's been 10. This is my 10th from inside the building. So this would be my 17th training camp which is kind of wild to think about man 17 um yeah it's uh full circle it's been you. nuts man think
1: about it because 07 that's D'Amico Ryan's second year that's in the NFL exactly right Gary Kubiak was the head coach that's right that's the first year the Texans were not losers mm-hmm. they were eight and eight yep uh and I'm speaking solely in the sense of one loss not like you know you are a loser sure right, right. <laughs> I knew you're, all, you're a winner if you've made it to the NFL So, yeah, that it's wild thinking about all the stuff that has come full circle. This morning on the way into work, we stopped at Eleanor Tinsley Park on the edge of downtown and shot the stand-ups. And stand-up is a a TV term for introduction, basically.
0: Can I say this, please, real fast? I love the fact that you've been going around to all these different H-Town locations and shooting them, dude. It it looks awesome. It sounds awesome. It's just, I mean, it's it's awesome. Um, I have some suggestions. Okay. Uh, places that you could go. Let's veer uh, off
1: topic and, and do that. Cause what to, to let people know, a lot of Texans 360s, which you can watch Saturday night, ABC 13, KTRK at 11 p.m. or on YouTube. Uh, a lot of the time we've shot at Eleanor Tinsley Park, which I think that's my favorite cause it's got that bowl. Yeah. You know, and then it's got the muscular Houston skyline behind it. But then we've also shot on the east side, which has been cool, mm-hmm. I a mean, spot where there's these murals. You can shoot one way of looking at them, or you can just shoot the east side of downtown. Yeah. We've done Herman Park, which offers yeah, 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 a zillion great shots. Absolutely. I got engaged there to Vita uh, in between the obelisk and the pond at the zoo, but we obelisk, shot with uh, General Sam H. Town's statue on a horse. Is it General Sam H. Town? Would you call yeah. him that? Or? I think that's right. I think that's right. Yeah. So there's lots of lots of spots. So to shoot. what are your what are your here's my suggestion, okay. and it's going to be kind
0: of boring okay. and and not as not as sexy as the ones you've been however it hopefully brings together h-town and the sport of football what about shooting your stand-ups at all the different football stadiums that we have in the city like shooting shooting from outside you know delmar shooting from outside tdecu tully, tully stadium you know even some of the butler. you know smaller stadium butler stadium you know going out the roads and katie sure. uh, you know north shore yeah yeah i mean there are so many of them up in the the northwest corner um Is it uh, Barry Stadium? There's one yeah, out yeah, there that's Barry got a double decker. Yeah. I mean, I gave that a thought, kind of even for my own. But that that'd be kind of cool. Is kind of mix those in. Hey, we're gonna shoot from Tully or or wherever and get some get some uh, shots
1: from there. I, so so I can't remember if you've been in these meetings, but we've seen some things over the last few months uniform wise <laughs> for the Houston Texans yep. in the years to come. So prototypes. And brother, if there's one that and it looks like this is the one that might get chosen as an alternate, I'm just gonna say, you know where they need to shoot those uniforms with a backdrop? They need to go Bel Air Boulevard and the Tollway. Mm-hmm. Shoot in towards town with all that neon stuff at night. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool look. Yeah. I, we might need to shoot a show stand up there because that's a cool, yeah. different H uh, Town specific vibe. I went to high school over there and the street signs, you know, it's Gessner and Bel Air, and then on top of them and, you know, in script mm-hmm. you got the, uh, the, the names of the street signs, but so that's yeah, a really yeah. unique place in the city I'm thinking about. But yeah, if you're listening to this, shoot us a tweet and say, Hey, yeah. you you should consider this one because what location. Yeah. What location? I love the, the idea of the high school and college stadiums. I think we're going to do one at night at some point, Ooh. you know, with the neon and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm game. And, We've ping ponged around to some other spots as well, so uh, yeah. We food spots location.
0: Any food spots, maybe we could, we should. Why not? It's gotta be a food truck park somewhere. Uh, that's that's a good one. Um, so I'm I'm a, I'm down for a food truck any any time of day, which obviously, as you can see from my figure, ooh,
1: Trilburgers is a scene. We're gonna have Trillburgers here at the stadium again this year. See
0: a video of James Harden uh, stealing like four from Bun B the other day. Drake.
1: Mike Tyson was in there, the champ. Mike Tyson, man, I'd love to get a picture with Mike. Yeah,
0: if there's an athlete you'd want to have a picture with, who would it be that you've uh, never had one with? Because I think we've had pictures with JJ and Hop, yeah. and you know a bunch of guys that have been here. If you if you had an athlete to take a picture with, just one on one, cool picture, smile, put in a frame up on your shelf or whatever the case might be, William, who would it be?
1: The refrigerator, Perry Really? Is one. Okay. Uh, I'd love Dream. I've never got. I have an autographed yeah. basketball. One of my yeah. good friends got me uh, an autographed dream basketball. I'd love a picture with him. Mm-hmm. Ori, I'd like one with Ori. Rock yeah, Ori. he was fun. Uh, who about you? What about you? Who would you want?
0: I think I'd have to go in the in the way back a little bit. And not not really, Nolan.
1: Nolan Ryan. Nolan. Be, oh yeah, yeah. He would be. Yeah, great. Cal Ripken Jr. for two. Me for two.
0: I, Cal Ripken Jr. is such a fascinating story. I, since it's story time, when I when I was a coach in the nineties. Um. I coached a guy named Storm Davis. Yes. And Storm was – Good
1: pitcher in the major leagues. Man, yeah.
0: Storm was just an awesome, awesome dude. Well, he was the head varsity coach. He had just become the head varsity coach. And I was the JV baseball coach. He won a, a ring story. with the
1: 83 O's and with the 89 A's, yes? And he told
0: the story of the the earthquake when it hit. Yeah. He was in there. His wife, his wife was in the building, and it, he said it's the most incredible story. Um, but he said that when he moved to the Orioles or, or went to the Orioles, he always struggled with the Indians. That was Corey Schneider. That was uh, uh, Tabler, Joe Joe uh, Carter, Joe Carter. and it was a good Indians lineup. Sandy Alomar, I think, was the catcher in that um, point. It was a good. It was a good Indians lineup, and and Storm struggled with them. So when Storm got to the Orioles, he said, Cal pulled him aside, and said, "Look, man, I know, I know you struggle with the Indians," and he reached his locker and he pulled out a notebook. And he went through every single hitter on the Indians with Storm, every single one. And it got to a point where Cal called the game from short yeah. for Storm, not only against the Indians but also for the rest. You know, the rest of the time that he was the Orioles, he did that he for was a lot of pitchers.
1: Yeah, and that that he rankled. Brilliant. That that kind of rankled some guys. That mm-hmm. like, I don't, I don't want this. Right, right. But it's like you got they get overruled.
0: Yeah, that was an interesting Storm question. ended up throwing a four hitter, uh-huh. a four hit complete game the first yeah. time. He's like, ah, okay, I'll go with this. He said, and he, cows and Cow wrote about it in his book. He wrote about that specifically. So I'm not kind of out of turn of telling that, but I remember Storm telling me that story. And it, I was like, that dude, yeah, Cal Ripken, that's a good one. Um, yeah,
1: I, you Storm know. Storm Davis, I think, was stepbrothers with Glenn Davis, right?
0: Yes, yeah. yes. There there was Big a, proper. yeah, there was a, there was, there was some relation. They're both, um, I think they were both from, I know Storm was from Jacksonville, yeah. so there was that Jacksonville connection. Um, I think from, you know, Akeem, Akeem would be one. I remember interviewing him with DP for one of our games yes. when we were doing the, Jealous, the, the pregame, that was cool. and his kids at the time were going to the same school where my wife worked, my wife worked, and my daughter graduated from, village school, and, and so I, we kind of connected, and we talked for a while about that. It was just it was just really it was really cool and i i wish i would have had a i wish i would have had a picture uh mine would probably be uh premier league star kevin de bruyne from my favorite team uh my team man city um he's i think belgian right he's belgian i think he's the best soccer player in the world you can have messi you can have all of them kevin de bruyne is that's my guy so i would have liked to have done that when they were here but i couldn't get down on the field for it so he would definitely be one uh for sure Uh, that i would do which is weird for me to say you know soccer but i I think tom brady and i say this because he was so good it was so frustrating to go against him i always like brady i always i always i like the story of brady i just like the fact that he was slower uh wasn't this great you know he was a six-round pick he's picked 199 he's got to fight through this i just I, i i love i
1: love brady i I could say I could say it now, so yeah, Tom Brady would be that one. You know, guy, Indy Kalu, we're gonna see a lot of him uh, here in August, and mm-hmm. we'll hear a lot of him on the radio here with us. I was we were talking with him the other day, and he said when he played against Brady when he was with the Texans in '06 or '07. Here, I think they went on the road, went on the road to Foxborough. He said Brady was looking, would come to the line of scrimmage and look at the defense, and he said it was like he was looking through us yeah. <laughs> like he yeah. knew exactly what he was going to do how he's going to do it and the success that he was going to have it was an interesting way the way uh way andy phrased it so yeah, yeah it, one of the
0: things that bill o'brien had told us for for years i actually told a story the other day um to a couple of my good friends and we were talking about this and we were talking about brady and i said you know bill used to used to tell us you know i we just asked him look you coached brady like what made him great he was like his recall his recall, his ability to look at something on film and go, hey, that's something that this team did against me 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And he would be absolutely dead on. And at first, Bill was kind of like, okay, man, this guy's full of it. He didn't remember that. And Bill would go pick up the film, like, okay, what game did you say it was from? Oh, it was week four, you know, against whatever team, Baltimore Ravens. And their D.C. was this guy. And they ran this against this particular play. And Bill like, all right, I don't know. So you go check it out. He said Brady was on it, like absolutely dead on it. He says his recall was as as good as anybody he'd been around. And wow. he went to Brown with me. We knew some smart people. He said when it came to football, he said Brady, his recall was incredible, absolutely incredible. And I'm convinced after hearing that, like the great ones, it's not so much the drive determination, like it's the recall. It's the what they can remember. About how teams played them, you know what Jordan could remember about how teams defensed him early in his career. You know what different coaches did against them. Their recall is what makes them makes them great, absolutely great.
1: Now, the recall is what made Brady great in college. What made one of the things that made C.J. Stroud so great, and what made him so attractive as the second overall pick for the Texans, was his accuracy his precision-like way of getting the ball to his receivers, who were excellent, but still he got it there, and he's one of the most accurate passers in NCAA history. So combine that accuracy with the offense in which he's going to now play under Bobby Sloak, which is kind of a a derivative of of what we've seen from Kubiak and Shanahan, both Shanahans really. Why is that going to be such a nice marriage, you think?
0: Well, for so many reasons. I think one of the biggest reasons, and it's interesting, because I was actually watching uh University of Houston from last year studying a prospect that they have this year. And <laughs> within the first in the first quarter, Tank runs a punt back for a touchdown, gets called back. Yeah. He catches a punt, goes for like 35 or 40 yards a little bit later. That sets up the first score, a field goal. Then he catches a bomb in the third quarter and puts him down inside the five, which led to their first touchdown. And it's like, whoa. But the reason I bring up Tank is, and he's probably the best representative of this, when you're that accurate, you give your players an opportunity, A, to make catches they they maybe normally wouldn't make, or B, to catch and run without breaking stride. And I think about a guy like Tank. If he's able to catch and run without breaking stride, think about the pressure a defensive back is under when that happens. And and that can go for everybody. But he also can make throws into spots where receivers – he won't get receivers killed. And I've brought this example before. Um, they played Michigan. This is 2021. It was in the snow up at Ann Arbor. And he had, a, he had a crossing route, deep crossing route with JSN, Jackson Smith and Jigba. And he rifles one in there to him. And J- Smith and Jigba has to kind of slide and reach back and makes the catch. And I remember thinking, okay, bad throw. That's kind of weird because I haven't seen CJ make. And then I went back and watched and I realized, ooh, there was a safety driving down on that crossing route. And if he, had there. he let him, JSN was going to get lit up. So either it's a incompletion, concussion, all the above. And instead, he threw it purposely behind him and gave him an opportunity to make a catch for a first down without getting JSN killed. So you make those throws, and there's going to be a lot of crossers um, you know, throws, you know, guys moving into open windows. And if he's able with that ball placement to keep them from taking big hits, they can make something happen after the catch. Or if he sees things, he can put a ball right in the right spot where a guy can catch and run. And that is hugely important because I do think the Texans have some good catch and run, uh, guys in their receiving core, And so you give them an opportunity to do that, but also, when you're accurate outside the numbers, you take advantage of size, height, size, mismatches. Well, Nico Collins is that. Nico Collins can be that mismatch guy outside the numbers. And if CJ's putting a ball in a spot where only Nico can go get it and make plays, well, those are big plays that you're going to come up with. Doesn't give the defensive back an opportunity to even make a play on it because the ball is in the perfect spot. So there's so many different things that ball placement accuracy help offense and this offense as we talked about is based on precision and being in the right spot at the right time and then once you are in the right spot at the right time then you have an opportunity once you get the ball in your hands to do something with it well if you have to reach down low and stop and catch a pass and you can't do anything afterwards you're just giving up some hidden yards well I think CJ can pick up some of those hidden yards by putting the ball in the right spot for his his pass catchers and that goes for tight ends running backs all those guys, even, I mean, running backs, it sounds simple. You know, the little angle route, and you, you hit that running back with that angle route. If you make them stop, well, that gives the defense one half step or an extra step to get to them quickly. They don't get much after the catch. But if you hit that running back in stride, think about hitting Devin Singletary and Damian Pierce in stride on a linebacker who's kind of frozen trying to cover his own man, you're going to pick up that much more yardage than you would if you throw it behind him. He's got to stop and catch it, regather. Now he's running. Now he's faced up on a linebacker. There's so much that goes into accuracy and being accurate with the football that can really help this offense. Look, it helps every offense, but I think this one, because of the way that it has been constructed over the years, being precise in everything, precise in how your motion, where a guy's supposed to be, where you line up, all those kind of things, I think Bobby Slowick and that offensive staff going to hammer that home for them to be that precise and having CJ a quarterback that is that precise of the football is going to help out majorly.
1: All right. we got to wrap this up, but when camp begins on Wednesday, which matchup are you looking forward to most seeing? Could be a position group versus a position group. Could be a defensive lineman versus an offensive lineman receiver. Who are you looking forward to seeing most? Nice. Well, there are, there are two that stand out to me.
0: And one is Derek Stingley against Nico Collins, one-on-one. Okay. Um, I, I That's fully healthy. I think that's going to be a great battle. The other one, and I don't know how often this will happen. Maybe not early in camp, but as we go through, we'll see. But I want to see Will Anderson Jr. rush against Titus and Laramie. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the one where you can see. And I, my, my favorite moment at training camp last year was – Laramie Tunsell was going one-on-ones, and Mario Addison, who who had some pass rush moves, man, he threw a couple pass rush moves, and he beat Laramie. Well, on the next rep, Laramie went against somebody else, and just, I mean, I can't even remember who it was, but he just to- he tossed him to the side. And as he got done, as he's tossing him to the side, he looks over at Addison, he's, he's like pointing at him, like, I want him. I want him again. I want to see him. Come on, let's go. And I just thought it was pretty interesting. So I know Laramie's got that competitive streak, even though he's not the most chill guy. Um, I want to see Will Anderson against, against Titus and, and Laramie because that's going to make Will better. That is going to make Will better. And I think that Will's attack and the way that he attacks the pass rush is going to end up making those tackles better too.
1: I can't wait. It's going to be fun. Training camp is here. I'm Drew. That's John. We are Texans in the lab.